Welcome to the Providence Community Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Nathan Herndon. If you would like to stay connected with us, download our app, Providence Community, or visit our website, providencecommunity.org. Was it snowing in here? Was that, was that snow? Was that, wow, that, that was something. That was something. So, all right. Well, guys, you can be seated. Such a blessing. The, uh, I know that we don't do like a, a, a typical traditional Christmas service um, with just lots of Christmas hymns and stuff. Um, not against those at all. Tried to tag some of those in there, but I love how our worship ministry crazily goes after Jesus. Amen. So that's just how we're posturing. So, um, hey, I, I want to I wanna share a word with you all from the scriptures. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to grab those. But something that will really help to bring our hearts into alignment, I think, with this season. So many things in this day that are asking our hearts to align with them or it, right? Um, the, whole, the whole season is full of Hey, if you align with us, you get a better deal on a gift. Or hey, if you align with us, you'll have a happy Christmas. But the Bible is very clear on what makes for a happy Christmas, and that is a heart that is in alignment with the reason for Christmas. And so I want to talk about lining up with Christmas uh, this evening. And, uh, and so I'm going to be in two places in the Bible, Luke chapter 2, verse 11, and then I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. So three verses. I'm going to try to preach the shortest message I ever have, um, and uh, we'll see where this takes us. Can, can I get an amen from anybody? Okay, so listen to this, guys. Here is the heart of Christmas. When we talk about, when we talk about the why of Christmas, the reason why Jesus came, which was driving the heart of Christmas. This is what our heart has to be in alignment with. Here it is, Luke chapter 2, verse 11. says, for unto you, this is angelic announcement to common shepherds. All right? This isn't to the kings and queens of the day. This isn't to the high and lofty officials of the day. This is common people are receiving angelic visitation, an angelic announcement. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, for unto you. This is free for the taking if you want it. If you want a savior, he's here. If you want a promised Messiah, he's arrived. If you want to stop being the Lord of your own life and actually fall in alignment with he who is the Lord of all, he has arrived. And this is really why Jesus came. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior. Listen, Jesus came to save. Sign, seal, deliver. So many other things that, that came along with his ministry, but if he was just a good example, if he just did miracles, if he just found the lowly people, but never paid for those people with his death on the cross and then, then validated that his death actually worked by rising again or being raised from the dead by the Father. And that, that was the Father saying, Jesus, that worked. You did it. Then then this would all just be for nothing. It would just be, it would just be for nothing. But Jesus came not just to be an example, but Jesus came to save people. And Jesus also came, though, to fulfill messianic prophecy all throughout Scripture. From the very first chapter of the Bible, God is making promises to people when the world is broken and not working out right. God is making promises, and He's promising the Messiah. 
So Jesus came as a fulfillment of lots and lots of centuries, millennia of messianic prophecy and promises. And Jesus fulfills all of those and he comes, I keep my word, he says. And this is what angels are announcing. And then he comes not just to be the Savior, not just to be the Christ or the Messiah, but to be the Lord. See, the great thing with Jesus is there's, the more you give him, the more joy you've got. And Jesus doesn't ask for parts of you and he doesn't say, hey, give me a little and then well, give me a few loaves, a few fish, I'll see what I can do. That's, that works with lunches, but with our hearts, Jesus says, hey, I want you to trust me with every square inch. I wanna be the Lord of your life. I, I wanna tell you how to live and how to think and how to play and how to worship. I, I want to tell you how to spend. I wanna tell you what's up. I want that. And the people that have found Jesus to be a greater treasure than their own opinions about how they think they should live are finding that the angelic announcement that unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, that falling under Jesus' rule and Jesus' reign is the greatest way to live. He wants to be the Lord of your life. Many of us have heard that before, why Jesus came. He came to save us, fulfillment of messianic prophecy. We've heard before he wants to be the Lord of our lives. But I wanna dig a little bit deeper tonight and I want us to go to Matthew chapter one, starting with verse 18. And I wanna discuss something that is a little bit more messy than that. Because I think when we picture angels singing over shepherds, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And that just feels great. It's probably snowing then too, I, I don't know. But it just seems like the, the, the perfection of that when really tonight, the, I wanted to, us to see that the way Jesus came did not just bring nice feelings and, and, and a warm glow at Christmas time, but it actually brought some disruption. And there was some fallout by the way that Jesus came. We know why he came, but the way he came messed a lot of people's lives up. Did you know that? Not in bad ways, in great ways. But it feels bad when you don't know what God is doing. Lots of times when we think about the way that Jesus came, we think, well, he, he came and he was, there's no room for him in the inn. And so he was delivered in a cave or a barn or in a, a shed and there were sheep there and there's goats there and there's, there's donkeys there. And they, were, they all sang with the angels. It's, it's, uh, and it's, it's so nice. But listen to this. The way that Jesus came is actually in the context of disruption. Matthew chapter one, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. I was reading this just recently in this, I'd never seen that before. I circled it in my Bible, in this way. And interestingly enough, when we read on, it's not talking about manger scenes. It's talking about lives being shaken. Sometimes our lives have to be shaken. Sometimes you, 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 gotta, you gotta shake stuff loose. Sometimes you have to just say, God, just whatever shakes loose, you can have. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When, and interestingly, this is very interesting. Look, look, where, look where the scriptures go. When his mother had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now this is the way. It doesn't go to a manger scene. It goes to a relationship that is starting to do this. I really believe that tonight that there's, there's some marriages that are strained here and that you need to see that this, Jesus came in the, con, uh, in the context of a disrupted union and that there is hope for you. 
there's hope for you. Maybe some of you, you're, you're hoping to save your marriage by a really great Christmas gift tomorrow morning. Well, there's something better than that. His name is Jesus and there's hope for you. He knows how to operate in the midst of pain and turmoil. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, betrothed, it just means this, that they, they were legally married, they, they just weren't together yet. They were preparing for the future. And so when you're betrothed, I don't know how many of you here have ever, ever been engaged before. Engaged today, you're not legally married. It's not legal yet. So you, you betrothed is legal, all right? And then you come together and it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. But I, they are at the place where in their betrothal, they are no doubt doing what engaged betrothed people do. And they're, they're giddy and they're excited. And they're dreaming about one another and the life that they're gonna share together. And they're dreaming about the future that they're gonna have. And they're, they're asking each other questions perhaps, uh, may, maybe through uh, love notes to one another. Hey, how many kids do you want? I'm sure Joseph was like, the more the merrier. A whole basketball team of them. And Mary's like, okay, well, what kind of, what kind of house do you want? I, I, I don't know. And they're, but they're, they're planning and dreaming their future together. This is, this is what people in love do. Like, think about the future. They're planning things out. They're wondering about what's to come. And never for a moment did they ever think that the day would come where Mary, before they are together, where Mary would end up pregnant. Now, can you imagine that day? Talk about a holy disruption where Joseph sees Mary and he reads her face and it's a mixture of excitement, but a mixture of, of tumult. And she says, Joseph, I've got to tell you something that's really good, but it's gonna sound really bad. I'm pregnant. Joseph is like, you are what? Now, this isn't in the, in the Bible necessarily, you or what. He might have tossed in other, I don't know what words Joseph responded to Mary's information with that, but I do know this, that what he decided to do because of this divine interruption, this divine disruption that didn't feel good. Mary, what about our kids, Mary? What about kids with me, Mary? Mary, what about our house by the river, Mary? Mary, what about the life we were gonna make together? Why have you done this thing? And Mary's like, no, 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 this is from the Holy Spirit. And Joseph's like, don't spiritualize your hurt and pain to me, Mary. So he does, being a good man, he does something that he thinks is the right thing to do. Listen, Mary has done nothing wrong. He feels like she has, so he is responding. Now this is the way Jesus came and the way that Jesus comes into our lives sometimes is reacted to or response. Our response to the way he comes is, is the deal breaker. And, and Joseph, being a good man, here's what it says in the next verse, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame. So, uh, shame. so he does not want to, he loves her, he does not want to shame her. Back in this culture, back in this day, she could, there's all kinds of things that could have happened to Mary. But good man, still loving her and operating in love, unwilling to put her to shame, here's what he decides, he resolves to divorce her quietly. So the way Joseph is responding to the disappointment of his season, to the disruption of his season, is what he's doing is he's running and running politely. Jesus is coming. Joseph, running. But he's doing it quietly. And sometimes I think that, that 
we do the wrong thing, but we do it quietly or politely, and so we think it's okay. Well, I said, I said this about that person, but I said it politely. Oh, okay, well that's fine then, I guess. No, but that is not, doing the wrong thing politely is still the wrong thing, is it not? So just because it's polite, let me say it this way, just because it's polite doesn't mean it's right. And here Joseph is, and I don't blame the man. I do not blame the man. I, I, under, I see where he's coming from. I, I know that his dreams are being dashed. I know this has to be the worst day of his life where he has to decide, hey, I, I'm running from the woman of my dreams. I'm, run, I'm gonna do it nicely, but I'm still out. And it's, it couldn't be a great day, guys. But here Joseph is. It's, he's really operating in the human response. This is not a unique response to just Joseph. This is a response that is unique to human beings. When it hurts, pull away. When you're broken, run. Uh, when, when, when you are betrayed, get out. Run for your life. Take to the hills. <laughs> we have to get rid of pain. We have to get rid of hurt. We got have to get rid of these bad feelings. We just have to, have to escape. But the thing is, if you're hurt and if you're in pain, there's no escaping it as far as your destination. You're, you can go here, you can go there. Your pain will follow. Your hurt will follow. That's why Jesus enters our pain and heals from the inside out. And here in Matthew, if you continue to read in verses 20 and 21, listen to this. I, I love this. As Joseph is contemplating, he has, he is resolved to run, but doing it quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Now, I underline that one. Do not fear. So fear, taking Mary as his wife, there was fear there, possibly fear of rejection, possibly fear of fill in the blank. Use your imagination. But Joseph is afraid to take Mary as his wife. So out of fear, he's deciding to go. But the angelic announcement carrying the word of the Lord says this, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now this is validating what Mary was saying all along and Joseph must have been, she was right. She was right. Wow, I never trusted her. I never believed her. I never pressed into her heart. I never heard her out. She was right all along and I, I only distrusted her. I only tried to get away from her. I only glorified my pain. In verse 21 though, she will bear a son and you shall, listen to this, she will bear a son from the Holy Spirit but you shall call his name Jesus. That's really significant because God is calling Joseph to put an iron in the fire, to put skin in the game. Joseph, I want you to name the boy. He's not your flesh and blood, but I want you to name the boy because here's who he is. He's God in the flesh. And Joseph, I've chosen you to be his earthly papa. You're going to, you're going to be raising the king of kings. Call his name Jesus, and here's why. For he will save his people from 
their sins. Listen, what God was doing in the midst of all the pain and all the pain and all the disruption and all the disappointment, all the doubt and all the whatever emotion or experience or negativity that Joseph and Mary were feeling in this moment, whatever they were feeling, whatever they were feeling that would actually cause Joseph to run from the woman of her dreams, of his dreams. It was actually God's better story. It was actually God saying, listen, Joseph, you've got nice dreams, but I wanna, I wanna maximize these. Joseph, like these are everybody dreams of this happy life, but I actually wanna use you for something so much bigger than you could dream, Joseph. And here's, what's, here's what happens when you decide to run from, a, from what God is doing is Joseph Lee actually was running from God's best. God's doing something. And Joseph says, I'm out, instead of pressing in. But eventually, guys, you do know that Joseph, he gets up from the dream, he takes Mary as his wife, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and the rest of is massive history. Guys, I, I think that God wants to speak to you here, that maybe you're here today, and you're quietly and politely running from him in his heart and you know exactly how you're doing it. You can, it's stealthy because here it looks fine, but at home it doesn't look near as nice. Um, you know how you're running from God and what he wants from you. This is not just a calling, this is actually, he, God is, is asking for you and you're running. And if that's you, you're in good company. You're not hopeless. The Bible is full of people like this. We know Jonah, right? running from God, the call of God in his life. He's running from God. And then he cares more about a plant than people repenting in revival. This is, this is the human predicament sometimes, guys. Then there's Elijah. Elijah's used in mighty and mighty awesome ways. And then, and then this, this lady comes and, and she scares him. And so he runs and he, want, he just wants to die. God, I just went out of this thing. I just, just, just get me out of this. And then there's Moses who's, he's running from sins. He's, and, and decades in the wilderness. And the Bible is full of it and we insert ourselves and we can see how we run from what God is actually doing just because it got disruptive. Just because it started not feeling good. Just because our plans started changing and just because God, I don't see it your way. I'm out. I'm gonna go politely, but I'm out. And I think that God wants you to know tonight, this is not a message where I'm saying, run back to Jesus. Here, he's waiting right here. Run back to Jesus. Because the heartbeat of Christmas is not God, God asking us to run home. The heartbeat of Christmas is that God knows where to find you. The heartbeat of Christmas is that God's come after you. The heartbeat of Christmas is that when you were a sinner, dead in your sins. God wanted you anyway. And he sent his only son, lived a perfect life, died a perfect death, paid for all of the sins that would keep you from him. Woo! This is, this is not effort and striving. This is not like, come to the altar, fast. This is not that. This is, if you want it, God can meet you where you sit and breathe. This is, God knows how to find his. This is what I'm saying. He knows how to find you. He knows where to find you. I wonder, I wonder if, if Joseph would actually become a shepherd as you quietly ran. 
just disappearing on a hill, blending in with sheep, just not much to do, but just fend off a wolf or two here and there. But even there, God would find you. Because in Luke chapter two, you see that shepherds, unsuspecting as they were, they are found by God and they are actually the instrument that God decided to show up to and, and, and proclaim the birth of Jesus. Go tell it. Go tell it. I'm coming after the world. I'm entering history itself. I know where you are and I know how to get to you. I will meet you there. What does God want to do when he finds you though? Is it, perhaps it's give you a spanking. Perhaps it's, it's to sit you down and make you really think about what you've done. Just praise Jesus that he does not discipline like we do. Hey, go to the basement, stare at the wall. I, I've never done that, but I'm just saying I, I could all the time. Think about your sins. Think about what you've done and Merry Christmas. But here's what God does. Here's what God wants to do when he finds you is he wants to save you. He wants to save you from you. You who are prone to run. He wants to save you and he wants to pull you on his lap and he just wants to hold you close. Do you know, I got my, my uh, youngest daughter's permission to share this. But it was about a, I don't know, year, year and a half ago. I'm trying to forget this day. We were at Kalahari. Enough said. Anyway, let's pray. No, the, uh, the uh, if you've ever been there, you understand. It's just, it's just pure madness. But we were in the, uh, we were in the arcade. And I thought Lena was with me and Adrian thought, that's my wife, thought Lena was with her. And we did this and I was shooting hoops with Ethan and Adrian was playing a game with Grace, but Lena was left there in the arcade. Hundreds of people around, massive facility. And so we were doing this for about 20, 30 minutes. And I came back to Adrian and I said, hey, did Lena have fun? She's like, what do you mean did Lena have fun? I was gonna ask you the same question. I was like, what are you talking about? And for about 20 to 30 minutes, Lena had been lost. And we went through the arcade and we were, I, I was ex literally expecting that I would find her. She would have made friends with some other little girl that would have had pigtails, little blonde girl. And they're both running around bebopping and having fun. We would exchange numbers and they would have been friends for life. I was expecting to find Lena around every turn, but another half an hour went by and there's no Lena. Now the cops are there. What? I'm like, Jesus, what's happening? But what, my, I, I don't want to discipline my daughter. I just want to hold her. And the time came where Lena had actually, when she realized she was lost, she went to the people who were in charge and she said, I can't find my mom and my dad. And they said, well, come back here behind the counter. And we ran around for an hour screaming her name and they never put two and two together. I don't know, all right? I'm, I'm not bitter about that at all, all right? I'm not even a slightly angry. I haven't thought about what I would like to do if I wasn't a Jesus follower. I, none of that. I haven't bought knives or guns or anything, okay? But what happened when we locked eyes with our daughter who was lost but now was found was not spanking. Spankings did not ensue. Tears. <laughs> Woo. I'm glad you're found. Jumps and hugs and tears and sighs of relief. And this, my friends, this is how a good father acts. He's not, he's not coming after you to make you feel bad. He's coming after you, most biblically stated, because he just wants you. He's that good. Just because he wants you. And he wants, he wants to turn the light of your heart on. See, the Bible says that light came into the world. His name is Jesus. 
But the, here's our problem. The world loved darkness instead of the light. He said, I know how to find you. I know where you are. And he turns the light on and he says, look at the light. And that light's nice, but I like this other stuff. And so the, my, my prayer tonight is that, that our hearts would be turned on to seeing Jesus for who he is that he is a savior and he's the Messiah. He's the ancient of days. He is the Lord of your life and you will, you will love his heart if you would come to know him. This is what I'm saying. This is what we need. We need to let shame fall off. We need to jump in dad's lap and we need to hug and we need to embrace. We need to let his love change us again. This is the message of Christmas. Anybody? Yes? Well, guys, I'm wondering, first and foremost, I'm wondering this. I'm wondering if there's anybody here, this, this can happen. You know that, that Jesus, that he is after you. He's after you for years and years before the world was made. He was planning your rescue. And I think some of us right now, but before we say, wow, that was, that was something. He got really sweaty. That was really nice. Before we change gears, we have, to, we have to look Jesus in the face and decide, do we want him or not? He came. Do we want him? And some of us need to, for the first time ever, we need to say yes to Jesus tonight. For, and you, listen, you don't have, there's not a magic biblical prayer. You say, Jesus, I just give you my whole life. Everything I've done has been filth compared to you. And I want you and I, I renounce all that. And I, I just want you. And he takes you, it's called faith. And some of you, you can do, you can be saved where you sit right now. And then some of you, and I think we've all been there. I'll be the first to raise my hand and admit this one. Some of us, we drift. And though Jesus has come and he say, hey, I want to rescue. I want to dance with you. I want to cry with you. I, I want you in my arms. And we, we begin to see, even though we're saved, we begin to say, well, I don't like the way that you're doing things. I don't like your way. And we begin contemplating or resolving to politely leave. And Jesus this Christmas is saying, hey, like your politeness is a, is a cover for nast. You need to call it what it is. And I want you back too. It's not that you're, you were never longer saved. It's just that you're out of alignment and you need adjustment. And so Father, I just... I just pray for every person within the sound of my voice that's in this room. God, Holy Spirit, just fall on this house. Just come and show us how great Jesus is. Come and show us how beautiful you are. Come and, and woo us back to the Father. Come and, come and show us how King Jesus is so great. God, turn, light our hearts to burn for you again this Christmas. That's what we want. And that's what we need. And so we ask for it now. Save people right now. I just pray that right now faith is springing up in hearts and people are saying yes to Jesus. I, I, I'm yours. I repent. I trust you, what you've done, what you're doing. I trust you, Jesus. I want to belong to you. I just pray that you're saving people right now. I pray that you're calling other people back right now. So we bless you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to continue to do. We celebrate you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you'd like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give online at providencecommunity.org. 